But I want to talk to you tonight about the blood of Jesus. Amen. How many is thankful for the blood of Christ? How many knows that if it had not been for the blood of Christ applied on our life, then then we would be lost and undone. A lot of you, if you hadn't had an encounter with the blood of Jesus, you'd probably be in hell right now. A lot of you, if you hadn't had an encounter with the blood of Christ, you'd still be addicted to drugs and alcohol and everything else. But thank God that the blood of Jesus came by and touched our life. Amen. I'm so thankful for the blood. I, I remember that old song that, that we've sung for years, What Can Wash Away My Sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can fix my problems? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. There's something about the blood of Jesus that's more powerful than any other religion that's ever been known. There's something about the blood that changes everything. Amen. I know by, by working on rescue, blood has a, a very important meaning. In, uh, in Leviticus chapter 17, the Bible teaches us there in Leviticus chapter 17 that verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Amen. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. The, the reason that you can live now is because the blood that flows through your veins. The blood does a number of things in our bodies. It, it can heal. It, can, it brings oxygen to the organs. You could be the most healthy human being in the world, but if you didn't have blood to flow through your body, you wouldn't be living right now. Blood has a very significant importance in our body. We can get cut, and, and our blood works like a little army. It begins to go to that place where, where, where that cut is, and it will begin to clot, and it will, it will begin to harden and, and, and be able to stop the bleeding. Blood is, is so uh, uh, relevant to our bodies that when somebody gets pregnant, even before it's even noticeable physically, we can take a blood test, and the doctor can tell if you're pregnant months and months and months before we could even begin to recognize it physically. Your blood has a very significant importance in your body. Your blood carries oxygen to all the organs in your body. It supplies this and it supplies that. And our heart pumps that blood. And if our blood is so significant and so important in our bodies, how much more is the blood of Jesus applied to our life? Amen. Think about that, how significant just our fleshly blood is and, and how much it can heal and do this and do that and all the things that it does. How much more is the blood of Jesus applied to your life, what that blood can do for you? If you remember Sunday morning, Brother Lee was talking about back when... Pharaoh would not let God's people go and they took the blood uh, on the last uh, curse and they took the blood and they put it over the doorpost and not one person walked out of there unless they had the blood applied to their life. Now I want to tell you something. If we do not... Uh, accept the blood of Jesus in our life, then we cannot really have a ministry and not really know what it is to be a church member, a true church member. If we do not know what the blood of Jesus is and what it can do for us and not only for us but somebody else, we are missing the whole picture of ministry. I preached the other night about having... Um, 
an attitude problem and your attitude problem is directed towards a heart problem. And, and a lot of us have attitude issues sometimes. But I, I've also found as I was studying for tonight, a lot of us do not look at the world through blood-stained eyes. Amen. So if I have a, a message tonight, it's, it's looking at the world through blood-stained eyes. We oftentimes, and, and I have been to a lot of churches, we look at the world and, and the ch a lot of times different churches look at the outside world through physical eyes and they don't look through it through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you take the blood out of the equation, you take the importance of Christianity out of the equation. When you take the sacrifice out of the equation, when Jesus died on the cross, then you've missed the whole point. I, I so many times see people... we. We, they, they go to church and, and they, 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 they come every Sunday morning and they, they worship God. And, and, but it's a self-centered gospel. It's about what we want and me, mine, and more. And I'm going to get wealthy and I'm going to have a Cadillac and I'm going to have this and have that. And it's okay to have nice things and it's okay to do this and that. But the moment a drug addict walks up in here, the moment somebody that doesn't know Jesus walks up into the church, we take and shun them away because they're not like us y'all with me today we, we look at people that's 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 scarred with sin and their life is is a mess and and they come into the house of God and and we forget about the blood we forget about the significance of the blood and 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 I've seen so many people say well why are they in here or who do they think they are coming in here why does that girl look like that when she comes in here don't she know she's supposed to dress better look at him he's got this and he's got that problem who does he think he is coming into the house of God and when when people get into that state if a church gets into that state they missing the whole point of the blood they're missing the whole point. Let me tell you something. I don't want to miss the whole point of the blood. I don't, I don't, I, I want to grasp what that means. I want to look at a soul through blood-stained eyes. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 9. And verse 11. Today I was... And, and, and I was praying, and, and a lot of this came kind of short to me about preaching, and, and, and I've been so busy today, and I was praying. I had about a million things going on, and, and I found myself at an accident scene today. I ran up on an accident scene, and, and I was kind of working that, and, and the state trooper came up, and, and he's my buddy state trooper, and and he, he's trying to find God. I'll just put it that way. And, and he, he's looking for God. He, he's he, he, he's rough, a little rough around the edges. And if you look at his history and, and where he came from and, and all the things that he's been through, he's, he's real rough. And here he comes rolling up and he begins to talk to me about this and that. And, and, and I've been teaching him about the Lord and, and different things and, and running him through this and running him through that. And he... He's still rough around the edges. And, and I was thinking today as I was on the scene with him that I could, he was started to tell me things that he wasn't doing right and different things. And God began to convict me. And, and, and I thought, well, I'm going to handle this with some, with some suaveness here and, and follow God because 
if we don't watch and we, we miss the importance of the blood, we'll run somebody off. And, and as he was talking to me and he was talking about this and that, and I began to tell him, I said, well, that's good. I said, but don't forget what the Bible says about this. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah. And I began to, the God opened up such a, a door right there, and I began to talk to him, and I began to tell him about what the Bible says and, 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 and what he should do in this situation. And he began to, to accept what I was saying. Let me tell you something. Whenever we go out and minister... We don't ever have to become the world to minister to the world. Listen to me. The moment that you become the world to minister to the world, you've done missed the whole picture. God does not want us to be like the world to minister to the world. God wants us to be like Him, to be Christ-like, to look and smell like Christ looks like. Now, Christ looks like a different variety of things. I've seen different ministers look different ways. Not everybody wears a suit and a tie. But the person that carries the anointing, the person that is led by the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God can get more done in one day than anybody that tries to act like the world to win a soul. Amen? So we need to be led by God and instructed by God and not be the world to win the world. I've had so many people tell me that I've got to be this or I've got to be that to win to win the world but that that's not how it works that's not how I can just be uh, influenced and listening to God and God will begin to move and tell me certain things and he will do something so quick and move in a person's life we don't have to be like the world to win the world I want you to listen to this you're going to have to give me a second my my notes is everywhere So as I begin to, to witness to the him today and, and begin to minister to him today, I've, I've seen God work on him. And, and, and God opened up such a, an opportunity for me to witness to him. It was, by the time we got done, they was clearing up the work and the state trooper was sitting there beside my truck just bawling his eyes out. And he says, he says you can't tell it, Brother Paul, but under this bulletproof vest I got goosebumps all over me. It pays to look at the world through blood-stained eyes. It pays to look at the, the people out there who is, is missing it and look at them through the blood of Jesus Christ and show them the way. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 says, But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Verse 12 says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Verse 13 says, for if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Verse 15 says, And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Let me tell you something. Back in the old days before Christ came on the scene, I'm just going to lay this out real quickly. 
And, and I've told you this before, that, that before we could get atonement for our sins, they, you had to slaughter a calf, a goat, or, or a cow, or something like that. And a lot of us, and, and I've told you this before, if, if we had to slaughter animals for our sin, a lot of us would have to have a, a livestock pen somewhere. A lot of us would have to, uh, uh, there'd be a lot of murder and bloodshed going on in the livestock department. If, if that was us. But I thank God that, that when he died on the cross. Now listen to me. And, and this is where I like to preach to the youth. To get down real simple and, 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 and to the point. Christ died on the cross as the ultimate sacrifice. Now that we don't have to, to shed the blood of animals anymore for our sins. But now that the blood of Christ was shed on the cross, uh, now that we can go freely unto him, that he covered our sins with his blood. Now when we mess up, we run to God and we say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And if you truly mean it when you say, God, forgive me of my sins, and you're really heartfelt and you know that you've messed up and you know that you need Christ, God will forgive you. He will move in your life and that blood was shed for you will begin to operate in your life. The problem is, is that we forget about the blood that was shed for our life. When God begins to bless us and when God begins to, to move in our life and, and we get married and different things start happening and God, listen, when you start serving God without a shadow of a doubt, you can count it God blessing you. When, when you start doing things right and you begin to get into the will of God, God will begin to give you abundance. That's just the side effect of serving God. You start serving God, you're going to get blessed. You start following after Him and listening to His voice, you're going to get blessed. God will move in your life. There's, there's no doubt about that. But too many times... God blesses us and unknowingly I believe we start to wonder from God because we get blessed. We walk into a house every day that's heated to 72 degrees. We drive nice cars. We drive this and we drive that. And, and, and we're so blessed that we begin to forget about God. But it was those times when we didn't know God and, and we found Him and life was hard. To, it was hard to pay the bills and or we were sick. and But we were seeking God back then. We were fervently following God when we didn't have everything but so many times when we start to get things we forget about what God done for us y'all with me tonight we forget about where he brought us from we forget about the blood of Jesus that was on our life I remember that when I first started out really getting into the ministry and serving God, I was so on fire for God. I felt my Bible today back when I was a teenager. The, the pages ripped out all of it. The, the, the binders falling off of it. And I took it and laid it on my kitchen table today and, and tried to put it all back together because I was hungry for God. I wanted something for God. I pulled that Bible from cover to cover trying to find answers in different situations that I was going in. And, and I found in, in, the, in the future that after God had blessed me that I wasn't seeking Him like I once was. I'm sure we've all been guilty of not seeking and following God like we once was. Oh, but there's something about when we find the blood of Jesus. Church people, sinner people will come in and church people will just disown them. They so blessed. I see it a lot at restaurants. Burns me up. You want to set me into orbit? Go to a restaurant with me on Sunday morning after we just got out of church and you chew out a waitress because your chicken ain't right. You've forgotten about the blood. I remember one time I had preached a service 
and and we all a bunch of people from the church we all went and, and ate after church and 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 I don't for this one reason I don't like going out to eat with church people where I just preached because we went out to eat and they invited this one lady and her chicken wasn't right and buddy they they knew who I was and they knew where we came from and this woman eat that waitress for dinner because her chicken wasn't right. And I'm going to tell you right now, because God put something in me to love a lost soul. God put something in me to, to reach out to somebody that's on their way to hell. My Lord, I'm glad somebody reached out to me when I was on my way to hell. I'm glad somebody told me about the blood of Jesus. And that woman began to talk to that waitress like she was a dog. And that woman was trying her best to do everything that she could for us. And that, that lady that was with us just kept talking to her like a dog. And I couldn't take it anymore. I said, let me tell you something. You better not ever talk to that waitress again like that. We have got to be an example. Who cares if your chicken is not right? If it's edible, go ahead and just do your thing and eat your chicken. You can, you can handle things a little differently if you want to, but sometimes we, we forget where we came from. Anybody ever forget where you came from? Anybody ever forget what God done for you? I've seen people come into church and, and, and they stink or they reek of alcohol and church people run from them. And these are people that's been saved by God's grace. These were people that was on their way to hell and they forgot about the blood of Jesus. And here comes somebody that needs the blood of Jesus applied to their life. They don't know about it. They don't know anything about it. And then all of a sudden we just turn them away. I'm preaching tonight. Let me tell you something. Verse 13 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purity of the flesh. Listen, if back then, if all that could, could get us to God, how much more should the blood of Christ do for us? That person that gets on your nerves at work, I'm preaching it tonight. That person in your family that gets up under your skin, your kids living and, and raging around, you better be looking at them through blood-stained eyes. You better be following God and, and listening to what, because how much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ do for them? It is my heart and my soul to find somebody that don't love Jesus. It is my heart and my soul to find people that does not love God because I I'm telling you, I love to find the roughest of the roughest and begin to love them. People that live like that, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle when somebody begins to love them. Oh, they'll get mad and they'll get gruff. They'll cuss me. They'll begin to push me away and say, oh, you holier than thou. But I can tell on the inside that God is beginning to break them down and beginning to tire their whole spirit apart. They'll say, oh, that person is not good enough to be saved. They'll never make it to Christ. Oh, that, that's just a challenge I like to have. I, I, I like for them to tell me that person will never, ever, ever get to Christ. Oh, that person will never do this and never do that. They told me the other day, just a, 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 a well, it was two days ago, I went somewhere and, and there was somebody there that was homosexual. And they said, oh, we're sorry, Brother Paul, that this person is that way. I said, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. That's just somebody that Jesus can save. They said, funny that you say that. Funny that you, you tell us that because Every preacher has turned him away. I said, that's okay, I'll love him. I'll tell him the right way. 
I'll, 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 I'll show him the right way. I'll tell him the truth, but I'll, I'll tell him the right way. I remember one time I was preaching on New Year's night in Roanoke in this little bitty storefront church, and, 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 and there was a guy, he was dealing with that type of spirit. He was sitting right on the front row. He just came that night to just check things out. I know the guy. He, he just came to hear us because he knew us. He's from our county. And, and if we do things in love and we do things the right way, God will begin to move. And I could look and I could tell God was dealing with him. And I'm pretty sure it's probably the first time God had ever dealt with the young man. I, I'm, I'm just about certain that, that he felt the spirit of God for the first time. Let me tell you something. When they taste the Holy Ghost, when they taste God's grace, when they taste his love, when the anointing walks by and smacks them upside the head, oh, you can get something done. And I could tell God was breaking him down and loving him. And I just walked up to him and I just looked at him and I said, Sir, if you will turn your life to God, God will deliver you of that mess. And when I told him that, he began to weep and he began to cry and God begin to love him and as far as I know I don't even know if I haven't even seen him again but as far as I know he's not like that anymore God can set people free how much more shall the blood of Christ do for these people what are we here for church we're not here to just warm the pews and put money in the offering plate and listen to me sing every Sunday morning but we're here to win the lost God has commissioned us to go outside of these churches that we're in and go and win the lost if we don't go and tell somebody about the blood of Jesus Christ we're missing the whole picture you say oh I can't do this I it's not about you it's not about what you want God has called us. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Compel these people to come in. I love to get people to come into the house of God that don't know nothing about Jesus. They say things like the church is going to fall down on me. They say that if I walk in, I, I live so much like hell that it's going to burst into flames. They say that the church people run me off. I've never once been in a service where the church fell in on somebody. But I have been into a church service where somebody that was living not like they should have been living that the Holy Spirit and the anointing began to crush down on their hearts so much that they didn't know what to do. There's something about a church that is motivated and sees the loss through blood-stained eyes. When when we walk out, we look at everybody totally different. We, we watch how we act. We watch what we do because we know that that's a soul that can go to hell. I preached it the other night. Our attitude has a, we have a heart problem. Not only might we have a heart problem, but we might have an eyesight problem spiritually looking at people. I have gotten in trouble so many times for being patient and loving and long-suffering with a lost soul. Why do you keep bringing in the church? Why don't you know they're like this and don't you know they're like that? But what they don't realize is one instance. All it takes is one instance. The Holy Ghost begins to draw them. It might be 10. It might be 50. It might be 100 testimonies. It might be 100 songs. But there just takes one time when they can't take it no more. And they just come busting out. And they come running to the altar and give their heart to the Lord. Oh, it's so awesome and so precious when we look at people through blood-stained eyes. See, Jesus is our mediator now. He, he, he's the one that stood in the gap. He, 
we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. Verse 15 says, And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament. Listen, if Jesus thought... Hear me now, if Jesus thought that it was important that he might lay his life down and die for these people that we need to put up with, then we might order to have a little bit of long-suffering and some guidance by God and say, Lord, uh, let me win this person through you. God, show me what to say. God, give me the words. God, give me the patience. God, give me the understanding on how to deal with this person. Listen, if Jesus thought it was important to die for that person that you get so aggravated with, if Jesus thought it was important to die for that person that you don't want to have anything to do with, oh, then there's so much more significance that you should be in tune with God to win that person. Oh, my goodness. That's why I get so excited when... When we're in India and 6,000 people say the sinner's prayer at one time, that upsets the devil all to pieces. It's, it's, it's so awesome to me when, when I'm alone with one person and, 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 and they say, come here. I had this one lady at my job, and I know I've told some of you this before. She, I was teaching school one day and was in preschool, and she's the teacher's aide, and she said, come here. She said, I want to to get saved. And and she she didn't know Jesus from a load of coal and, and this is how she said it. She said, Can you save me? That's what she said. She said, I want to be saved and can you save me? tears running down her eyes. Listen, she didn't know nothing about God. She didn't know how to get saved, but she knowed something was wrong. Listen, I, that's all I need to work with is somebody that knows their life is wrong. And, and I, then I begin to show them the love and the grace of God and, and some truth. And, and she, she was sitting there and she said, can you save me? And I looked at her. I said, I can't save you, but I know the one that can save you. I know the one, and his name is Jesus. And I began to tell her about the simple basics of the gospel. And and, and we had a bunch of kids, and she said, well, how about when the kids go to bed at nap time this evening, will you tell me how to be saved? And and we got down to the end of the day and nap time, and, and I was waiting all day, and I was praying because we had a God appointment that was getting ready to take place, and we got down there at the teacher's desk, and, and she sat across the desk from me, and I said, do you want to be saved? And she says, yes. And I began to lead her in the sinner's prayer and begin to show her the love of God. And you know that woman gloriously accepted Jesus right there in the public school system when all those kids was asleep and to this day she's still serving God. Matter of fact, just the other day she called me she said, Brother Paul she says, I'm going to get baptized and I want you to come to my baptism. Will you please come? I said, yes, I'll come to your baptism. She got baptized in a brethren church God gloriously saved her life the woman has been through one storm after another and every time she goes some, goes through something she'll find her way into my office and she'll say brother Paul what does the Bible say about this or what does God have to say about this always leading her towards the grace of God and she gets fired up by God and still serving God to this day there's something about looking at people through blood stained eyes We should not forget the blood of Christ. We should not forget 
what he's done for us. I remember one time we was in a service and I was just a young teenager and still trying to figure out God, still trying to figure out my place. But I've always had a love for people. I've always had a love for the lost. I've always had a love for those people that nobody else wanted. And this guy came into church one day and he got saved. And when he got saved, I mean, he laid at the altar and cried and done great things. But it wasn't just a few weeks later, I was in the store. And here he come. He had a case of beer in each hand. And he come walking up. I know he slipped. Listen, we all slip. Now, I had a perfect opportunity to send his soul to hell right then or teach him about the truth and the love of Christ. Now, listen, I'm not preaching greasy grace tonight that if, if you can do whatever you want to and live any old way you want to. I'm not preaching that. And I will be the first to tell you that if you don't get it right, you won't make it to heaven. I don't care how much you want to greasy grace it all you want to. If you don't get your life right, you won't make it to heaven. It's just that simple. But we need to follow the guidance of God. This man was a new Christian. He's struggling. He probably ain't got no support system. He probably don't know what in the world he's doing. And he comes in and he has alcohol in each hand. Preacher, are you saying if we drink, it's bad? Absolutely. I'll just leave that there. If you want to talk about it later, we will. Stay away from it. Anyway, he comes carrying it in, and he looks at me. I'm talking he had big old cases. And he sees me, and he hides it. I looked at him. I said, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I said, good. And this is what came out of my mouth. I said, I just want you to know I love you so much. I said, you mean the world to me. Loving people. Loving people right in the middle of their sin. Let me tell you something. There's some significance there when you look at somebody that's not where they need to be and show them Christ. Let me tell you something. God will lead them the right way. God will take them the right way. You just got to trust him. Something about looking at people through blood-stained eyes. Today I sit in a meeting in my job and and, 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 and different aspects in my job, I have to deal with inmates. And inmates work in, in, in our county, and, and they, they called a meeting for us today, and, and, and we all had to talk about the do's and don'ts. And basically, I'll just tell you this, the whole meeting that we had today was about how inmates are deceptive and, and how they will manipulate you to get what they, they do and, and what they want, and they will manipulate you for months and upon months and months to get drugs and different things like that. And they've been having a lot of problems in different counties with inmates manipulating different people, trustee people that are getting out of prison soon, and they, they put them in, in public service, and, and they will manipulate people that they work for to get what they want. And, and they was talking... And they said one of the the biggest people that they try to manipulate in the workforce, if an inmate comes into a sheriff's office or any kind of county municipality to work, they will try to manipulate people that are Christians. And so we got a whole... We got a whole lecture today on if you're a Christian, how you need to be extra careful. Because he said Christians are extra sensitive and Christians are, 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 are people that are easily manipulated because they said the inmates will tell them that they're, they're closer to God every time they're around you and they're closer to this. And, 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 and you see what I'm talking about. They, 
And then they'll start asking for things and getting things. And they'll get contraband. And, and as they was talking to us, I began to, to, to think on that. And, it, and the world cannot see the loss through blood-stained eyes. Now listen to me. Working in law enforcement, it has made me more keen to people who like to lie and cheat and steal. It's like almost I can pick up on it just like that because I worked in it for so many years. I, I, I listen to people lie to me all the time. Most people who come to us that are in trouble, they never done it. They've always had two beers. They didn't cause the accident. Somebody else stole their car and they just happened to show up. I seen one guy one night. He, he, he wrecked his car. He was drunk as a skunk and he, he wrecked his car on the side of the road and he wasn't too far from home. He made his way home and got his tractor and was trying to pull his car out. And he said, Officer, I wouldn't drive in the car. And, and, and we couldn't prove that he was driving the car, so we wrote him a DUI for driving the tractor on the road. People, people will try to, to, to manipulate, but see, there's something about following the blood of, of Christ and looking at people through blood-stained eyes. God will give you discernment. It is very hard as a minister and, and going out and winning the lost if somebody's trying to manipulate you or not. But see, they might have, listen, this is where God comes in. They might have every intention to manipulate you. They might have every intention to, to do harm to you and, and to use you. But if you follow God and under the anointing, there's something that happens when the Holy Ghost comes up. There's something that happens when the Holy Ghost begins to do some teaching. And, and He will move in the heart of a person. And I don't care how rough and gross they are he will begin to oh God will begin to manipulate and, and break down that heart and they won't even know what they're doing and they'll come in and say well I, I've just had harm to do to do to you but something happened in my spirit oh God can do more in 30 seconds than we could ever imagine or do I said God can do more in one minute than I can do in one year it's important that we look at these people through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's so many churches that have went years without seeing anybody saved. I've, been, I've held revivals and people will come and get saved and, and people will say that's the first time in, in 25 years that somebody has got saved in the house of God. Let me tell you something. If it's been 25 years since somebody has asked you about Jesus or somebody has gotten saved in your church, something's wrong. Somebody's not doing what they're supposed to be. Listen, I'm not trying to be mean, but we need to look at the lost and try our best to win them. We need to be inviting people to the house of God. We need to be telling somebody about Jesus. If we're not witnessing, something is messed up. Can I just be honest with you tonight? Can I, can I just get down to, to where we need to get down? If, if, if you haven't been ministering to somebody, we might need to do a heart check. Because this gospel is not just about you. It's not just to sit on the pew. Listen, you don't have to be a preacher or a worship leader or a Sunday school teacher to tell somebody about Jesus. You might need to just start in home with your kids. You say, well, Brother Paul, they don't want to hear about Jesus. Let me tell you something. Lots of times we can preach the gospel and not even say a word. How we live our life shows and reflects 
if God's on the inside of us. You can see people, they'll be talking the gospel up, but if you watch their life, it might tell a different story. I don't want to be a fake Christian. I want to be somebody that's real. I don't want to be like the world to win the lost. I want to be like Christ. Something God laid in my spirit today, and and as I was talking to him and praying about being like the world, I've had so many people tell me I need to be like the world and sing worldly songs and different things, look worldly and whatever, to win the lost. You can be like the world and you'll be accepted by the world. They might listen to you for a little bit, but they won't respect you. You, you, can, you can look and smell and act like the world, and they, they might accept you and pat you on the back, and they'll say things like, oh, thank you for being just like us. You're not like all those other church people. But let me tell you something. The moment something goes down in their life, they're not going to call you. They're going to call somebody that they know has been praying. They're going to call somebody that they know has been filled with the Holy Ghost, somebody that can touch God. They may not, uh, they won't respect you, but they'll accept you. But if you're somebody that's living and loving and walking in God, the world will come to you. I guarantee you the world will come to you, and they will respect you in certain times. Now, you can go out and witness, and you'll probably get cussed out and everything else. But, honey, you better put your your working boots on because God didn't say this was going to be easy. You wouldn't believe the people that's cussed me and said, get out of here. We don't want to hear that. But if something goes wrong, they'll be the first ones to call me up. Brother Paul, I'm in a mess. (laughs) That's when I love them the most. I like it when teenagers at school... Oh, my goodness. I like it when teenagers, and y'all can come back to the piano. They act so rough and gruff. They act like they got it all together. You walk around them, they'll sit like 50 feet off from you. They won't have nothing to do with you. But they start getting in trouble, and they'll come. They'll message me, call me. I'm I'm in trouble and I need you to pray. And God will allow an open door to win a lost soul. There's something about looking at people through blood-stained eyes. I'm, I'm asking you, church, to be patient. Be open to people around you. That state trooper that I was talking about, and and, and him and I, we got to talking about this on the side of the road. I'm talking this man is rough. Every word that proceeded out of his mouth when I first met him was a cuss word. He was as vulgar as vulgar could get. He was so bad that he would tell me, he said, my heart is made of stone. He, He told me even today, he said, God would send me to hell and I know I would deserve it. Rough. The, the words that would come out of this man's mouth would make church people run. But he said, you don't run. It's because I love you. And that very man that was so bad and so rough, that very man that, that God allowed me to live a life of God in front of him for probably five years, 
I never once told him, if you don't get yourself right, you're going to hell. God didn't lay it on my heart to do Now, he has told me to tell people that. But it's been in certain occasions. But just living a life of godliness in front of this man, this state trooper, that when I was going through what I was going through in my life, and I, I've told you all this story, and, and if, I, if you haven't heard it, you're going to hear it, and if you've heard it before, you're going to hear it again. I was mowing my yard, and I was so aggravated because I thought my ministry was over. I really honestly thought that God was done with me. And all of a sudden, this police car comes rolling up in my driveway as I'm mowing. And this trooper who was so rough and, and cussing every breath. And I'm pretty sure when he got out of his car, he was probably saying a cuss word, knowing him. He jumps out of his car and he runs over to the lawnmower. And it scared me so bad, I thought they was coming after me. Because I didn't know. And he almost hurt his leg getting out of the car. I got the lawnmower stuck in the ditch because it was just so much going on at one time. And he said, Brother Paul, I found Christ and I need to get baptized and I want you to baptize me. And it started raining and we're standing there and he's telling me about all what God's done for him. And, and he says, and I want to get baptized and, and I want you to baptize me. And five minutes before that, I was thinking that God was done with me. I, I, I didn't think that God wanted you like a dummy. Listen, God ain't done with you. I don't care what you've been through, what you've done. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And, and he says, will you baptize me? And I'm soaking wet because he sits out there and talks to me for 45 minutes to an hour about how God has changed his life. And, and I'm sure that, that he didn't have it all figured out. And he had this Bible and that Bible. And, he, and I, I'm like, let me help you out here. You, you got too much going on at one time. Trying to find God. The very man that, listen, the very man that probably was the worst in my life at that time was the very man that God used. And I told him that on the side of the road. I said, Tony, you're the very man, as rough as you was, was the very man that God used to tell me that he wasn't done with me yet. Oh, it's so important to have the blood of Jesus applied to your life and be able to show it to somebody else's life to apply it to theirs. Oh, I wish, I prayed today. I said, God, I pray that they understand the importance of what I'm preaching tonight. I hope you understand what importance that you could have in somebody's life if you would just take the time to get God-minded. Take the time to, to be able to let God teach you how to take the blood and use it in somebody's life. Oh, just tell somebody. Just invite them to church. Oh, just quit engaging in in conversations that's not godly at your work. Watch what you do. Watch how you act. People will pay attention to what, how you relate and, and act to different things. You're not to be like the world to win the world. You're to be like Christ. And I've told y'all before. I had a fellow tell me one time. Bless his heart, he didn't know what in the world he's talking about. He said, he said, Brother Paul, if you go get some tattoos, I'm not preaching against tattoos, it's not my point, listen. He said, if you go get this and go get that and get you a Harley Davidson, 
you'll be able to win more souls. One, if I got me a Harley Davidson, I'd probably kill myself and about three other people. Can y'all see me on a Harley Davidson? Amen, Brother Abraham. I'm scared to death of them things. But God didn't call me to be that way. But God gave me a gift to look at somebody and give me discernment, prophecy. Those gifts will begin to operate. I can look at them and say, Jesus loves you right where you're at. God sometimes shows me right where people's at, and I begin to tell them. Listen, that's better than any Harley Davidson tattoo, Jim Beam, whatever you want to have. The realness. I, I, I was in a prison one time preaching. And I can't even remember what I preached that night. I was down in North Carolina. And... And God had just really dealt with me about going and, and winning the lost. And that, and I, we give the altar call. And I'm telling you, you've never had church till you've had it in a prison. They about ran me over to get to the altar. And I remember this one guy, he come to the altar. This was in Winston-Salem, in a penitentiary in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And he came up and, and he wanted prayer. And, and when I got up to him and he stood up, he kept going up. And up, and up. I mean, big dude. And I can't remember all the bad things that he said he done. I mean, it was awful. And he was just bawling, crying. He said, I want to get saved. And I took my hand like this, and I stood up on my tippy toes like this. And I laid my hand on the top of his head and led him to Jesus. Looking through blood-stained eyes. I was over here in the juvenile correctional center in Christiansburg. They used to do taco nights, and I'd go and, and preach and sing. And I remember praying for a young boy who's done awful things, got gloriously saved. I'm going to say this before I quit. You don't need to think that you're insignificant and God can't use you because He can. Quit saying that you're not good enough. Quit saying that you can't speak and you can't do that. Just go and let God use you. If you mess up, we'll help you. We'll, we'll say you can't do that. But we need to be a willing vessel that God can use us to win the lost. Listen, it's not about you to sit on the church pew. You need to move out of the way because I believe God wants to fill this place up with people. The broken, I told Pastor Lee the other day, I said, this church is for broken people. This church is for people can come and get healed and, 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 and get ministered to. And if I have to give up my seat to four or five drug addicts, I'll be happy to do it. I want the lost to come.